When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Before we get to today's episode about Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler being selected as reserves for the NBA All-Star Game, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. And, of course, that's BetDSI. Make sure you go to BetDSI.com. Use the promo code 5101, F-I-V-E 101 Super Bowl. will be much more interesting for you if you bet on it, whether it's at the beginning, whether it's during the game, doing the live betting or any of the propositions they've got everything on there at betdsi.com again use the promo code for a bonus 5101 and now in today's episode alex toledo and alfonsini going to take it from here just want to say one thing in particular about bam Adebayo. We heard what Udonis Haslam said about him. We heard what Chris Bosh said about him and Alonzo Mourning. They all identified him as the next great big in the organization. And it's gratifying to see that Bam has taken the reins and done that. I don't think we should take it for granted. It's not easy for a third-year player to take that step. He clearly has his numbers all better, even on a per-minute basis, than he's been in a very deserving All-Star. So Bam and Jimmy in the All-Star game. Soon we're going to hear about Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn. I think we'll get that news on Friday that they're in rising stars. Derek Jones Jr. already in the slam dunk, still waiting on Duncan Robinson for the three-point shootout. But it's going to be really interesting in Chicago. And now, Alf and Alex with today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sidney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome, everybody, to this edition to, I was about to say, Lighting and Opinions. Uh, check out Lighting and Opinions. Uh, but, but welcome, everybody, to Five on the Floor. Um, Ethan Skolnick is not with us today, so you will have me, your host, Alphonse Sidney, a.k.a. Alf954. Also with me today is Alex Toledo, a.k.a. Tropical Blanket. What's going on, Alex? Yep. So uh, <laughs> that was profound, bro. Yep. Profound. Um, with uh, with everything going on this week, we really wanted to touch on today what just came out. The uh, you know a few hours ago, the breaking news that the Miami Heat do officially have two All Stars um, in the game in the All Star game this uh, coming up soon here. And it's kind of basically is what I know I predicted. I know the the Butler thing was, yeah, it was a slam dunk. But I think a lot of people were wondering about Bam. Uh, funnily enough, the other day, Jalen Brown came in here and gave Bam buckets, which really hurt me to tweet out. But he really did. Um, he really went to work 
on Bam and on the rest of the Heat roster. And uh, Jalen Brown's actually been left out of the game. So I think that was like his last <laughs> – it was his last attempt to impress the voters, and I guess it just wasn't enough. So Bam makes it. Um, Jimmy makes it. And I, I just – I always felt with there's a lot of momentum behind Bam this year. And I feel like – and a lot of that is coming from coaches pre- and post-game. Uh, Alex, you're there every day talk, listening to and talking to the coaches. They are super impressed with what Bam has done. So um, were you surprised at all that Bam made it? No, I mean, I think we all said that we expected Bam to make it even, like, other than just wanting him and thinking that he should make it. I think it became a little bit more obvious after last week when we saw how many people were voting him in. Uh, between the players, the fans, the media. Like, he was getting respect from all over the place. And I think, like, the coaches was the one, like, thing that beforehand we knew that he was going to get respect from from the coaches, but he got respect from everybody else, too. On top of that, you know, the fact that they've been hovering around two and three the whole time, on top of the fact that, like, his numbers aren't, you know, small and like they were before, right? Like, he's averaging, I think, almost 17 and 10, like, four assists. He's averaging a double-double, and he's on the second or third best team in the league, depending on which night you're talking about, right? So so when you look at the Eastern Conference, the way it's shaked out, you have Kemba and you have Jason Tatum. So Boston Celtics are represented by two. You have Giannis, you have Middleton. Bucks are represented by two. Lowry, Siakam, the Raptors are represented by two. Embiid, Simmons, the Sixers are represented by two guys. And then you have Demonis, uh, Domas uh, Sabonis, who I thought, which who I thought was not going to make the game, and that would have been a huge tragedy. Um, Jalen Brown and uh, Sabonis were the two guys that were, if when they got left, if he, Sabonis, Bam, and Brown were the guys. If they got left off the team, you could have made a case for any of those guys. So it, I don't think Brown was a huge snub. The South, all the top teams in the East got two players, and the Pacers got one, and somehow the Hawks got a guy who doesn't play any defense. But I'm not, not going to dwell too much on that because I've been called a hater of Trey Young on the timeline already and whatever, get over it. I like guys who play defense. So I think I think the way they did it was it's, – it's right, right? You know, all the teams that are playing well got their representatives. So is there anybody besides the guys I named, Jalen Brown, that you think was a snub in the East? I mean, the obvious answer is Brad Beal. Uh, we know that the history of the coaches and how they vote in reserves, a lot of it has to do with winning. That's exactly how it uh, ended up tonight. Like you said, right now, Beal wasn't included because the Wizards suck. But I think he, he's, his defense has been awful, right? Like, it's been terrible. He's been decent in the past today. I'm not worried about it. I think people should give have more of a scope on it. Like, these guys are not going to give 100% defense playing on a team that coming into the season, maybe had the worst roster outside of Bradley Beal. Yeah. And then, like, Isaiah Thomas is one of the worst defenders in NBA history, and he's not getting any better or, or taller um, <laughs> or faster. Like, you get me? Like, I just don't – I think it's unfair to be like, oh, they're bad at defense. He's bad at defense. But they're not winning. But he's putting up 28, like, 6 and 4 on great percentages. And I think the Wizards have had a top 12 offensive rating the whole year. And that look look again at that roster and tell me if they they could generate a top twelve offense. They are well, trash. It's Beal and Bertans and a bunch of scrubs. He's I mean he's he's historically a good defender. So what you at least he, average. He's, he's I average. Think he, I think he, historically I, I feel like he's an above average defender. So what you're what so what you're saying has some merit. If he all of a sudden just dropped off a cliff this year, 
It might have something to do with the fact that he's on a trash team and also that he's carrying such a load on the offense. But he has the athleticism and the strength to be a good defender. So, but like, who, who do you take off the team if you put on Bradley Beal? Yeah, that's the thing. I I do kind of get why they uh, got him off, but I don't know who who you take off this team. I think in my original team, I had Trey Young out of it and Brad Beal in it, and like it's kind of the same argument for the both of them, right? Like they're both putting up great numbers on terrible teams. I think the Wizards are better than the Hawks, and Beal has like years of he, he's only a two time All Star, but he's in his prime right now. I think you get me. Based on how they these guys have gotten in historically, I thought Bill would get in, but Trey, I think they're both equally deserving considering they're both just terrific scorers on bad teams. Yeah, I mean, I if 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 I really had my druthers, it would be Beal over Beal or Brown over Trey Young, and I know I sound like a hater, but I don't care. Um, it would be so weird to give the Celtics three All Stars and not the Bucks. Yeah, but who else are you gonna give it to on the Bucks? I mean, it's just it's a lot of guys just. Look, Bledsoe has been fantastic this year. You know what happens with, with him in the playoffs, but he, you go look at his stat line and he's shooting threes. He's always, you know, Bledsoe is a great regular season player, I got to tell you. <laughs> but, I mean, could you really make the case for Eric Bledsoe over Trey Young? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I would see, I, listen, I would hate to see the Celtics have three All-Stars because I, I, I heard enough of the Celtics' mouth the other night at the game where they had listen, a quarter listen, of the man. crowd. Let's talk about that for a second. It was sickening to see how many Celtics fans were there. It's wintertime. It's Super Bowl week. So, naturally, we were expecting a lot of Northerners to be here. But, my God, there were so many in that arena the other night. I feel like half of them were sitting in front of in front of me and you. <laughs> right? If I was not media, I, would, I wanted to kick that guy in the back of his head. Like, he was going crazy for, like, defensive rebounds. And it, it, the worst part about it, he was not even wearing Celtics gear. He was wearing a Vikings jersey, which – so let me just uh, public service announcement guy who wears football Jersey of an unrelated team to a basketball game. You are an absolute douchebag. Like, what do you say that you're just a fan of sports in general? Like either wear a Jersey of the, first of all, you're grown men, like chill on the jerseys. But if you're going to a game, I understand wear a Jersey or a shirt of the, t- one of the teams that are playing, or at least, you know, if he was wearing a Patriots jersey, I can understand, or a Dolphins jersey. You're wearing a Vikings jersey to a Boston Celtics-Miami Heat game. Like, <laughs> I can't believe I missed that. Dude, that, the guy who was in front of us yelling the whole time, he was wearing a, a Vikings jersey. Oh, hold on. I thought that was an LSU jersey. Now that no, I, it was, I know it was a talking Vikings about. jersey. I think it was like a Culpepper. Either way, like, it was – it was that I really wanted to kick that guy in the back of his head, but I was uh, media that day, so I had to, you know, I had to – Stay calm what if you would have got his fans and sat like one seat in front of the media row, you would have done it? Oh, yeah, it might have been. We might have been fighting. You know, in front but, of everybody? <laughs> oh, listen, if I was there as a fan, I'd been drinking. It would have been rough. Maybe I'd give the Heat a little bit more energy that night. Um, but you guys, we're not going to expand upon that. Uh, we, we can look at the Western Conference All-Stars a little bit. I think it's kind of the same deal. I think they got it right. The, um, the one glaring omission that a lot of people are talking about is Devin Booker. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at, you know, Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard um, who's just been playing lights out, Donovan Mitchell, who is on a team that is climbing up, I think they're third in the West right now, the Utah Jazz, Nikola Jokic, Rudy Gobert, Brandon Ingram, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul. Now, I think there is something to be said for uh, Devin Booker here. And 
it's when you look at Russell Westbrook. Is Russell Westbrook an all? Is he is he an all star this year? Look, man, it's been a little bit tough because, like, if you would have asked me two, three weeks ago, I would have told you definitely no. Like, he, he's in the consideration because he's still a positive player in general. But uh, like Devin Booker right now is putting up twenty seven, six and four. He's basically Western Conference Bradley Beal at the moment. He's put, doing it on a fifty one, thirty seven, ninety two shooting splits. And I just think, like, when you watch him, like, he's gotten so much better. He's not just chucking up shots. Like, he's a good playmaker. He's not a point guard, but he's a pretty damn good playmaking shooting guard. He's good at making reads. He's not just a shot chucker. Like, the guy is damn good. The joke's over between the Booker and Justice thing, man, unfortunately. Whoa, 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 whoa. Unfortunately. I'm only saying that because we're on here and not on Heapy. That is a hot When you're talking about When you're talking about Devin Booker, they're 6-4 and in their last 10, right? They've been playing better lately. They got, you know, he's been missing Aiton his the whole year. Uh, he just came back, so I know a lot of people hold the winning against him, and the fact that you know, like a Trey Young, he doesn't play a lot of defense. But they've but, actually been okay all year. Like they've been almost behind in the playoff race, and they're still I mean, they're in twenty it. and twenty-seven, but they have a point four diff- a point differential, like negative point four. They haven't been that bad. And so basically, you, they're an average team just playing in the Western Conference. Exactly, and then you and then you look at Houston, and you look at—I mean—they're almost disappointing with them with being in sixth place right now. And Russell Westbrook has not been great. He's gotten better. I mean, he's been a lot better for them over the past, I want to say, month or so. Uh, he's been more efficient, and he's just generally doing more things than he was out there. I think that a lot of that has to do, man, with Mike D'Antoni, who I've never felt should gotten blamed for anything that's happened over the past few years. I thought he did the best thing that he could do with the roster that was given to him. Harden and Chris Paul are both great ISO players. But playing that game plan with Westbrook there, like we've seen what happens, right? They're going to trap Harden every time. They're going to tell, yeah, make Westbrook shoot it. Please, yeah. please, well, let Russell Westbrook shoot all day. Well, so now, I, Because yeah. of, like it's, it's not a, a fault of his own, but at the same time, I, I would, I would want to take him out. Yeah, and then so now, what about Brandon Ingram? I mean, a team that's worse than the Phoenix Suns. His numbers are not as good as Devin Booker's. They're really damn good, though. <laughs> they are awesome. I mean, and is that is that just a positional thing? Yeah, I I guess you we're not you don't know for sure. But yeah, um, I think we we don't know exactly. I mean, I'm not sure because the thing is, there's like an order to it, and you know, the back two players are basically the wild card players. So I don't know if. He was on that in that first ten, or if he was one of the last two players, which I think is what you're referring to there—the positional thing where Booker's a guard, Ingram's a forward. But Ingram is putting up 25, six, and four on 47, 40, and 86 shooting splits. So I mean, he's taking he's taking a step. But like, I would give Booker the nod, the, you know, the last two wild card spots because Booker's been doing it for longer now. I think Ingram is his first year where he breaks out like this. All right, so for the most part. I mean, Jimmy Butler, like we said, that was a, that was a lock. Um, you can't go to a team that missed the playoffs last year. You're the main addition, and the team go is now a top three team in the East. On main event. addition behind Duncan Robinson. <laughs> no, Duncan was on the team last year. She was twenty nine percent from three in garbage time. Which Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> Kevin Young, forgot. Tyler Hero. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, the Jimmy thing, like I said, we knew that was going to happen. The BAM thing is a surprise. I don't know um, how many people – I think Ethan called it over the summer. Ethan called BAM an all-star this summer. I don't know how many other people were saying that. 
but Van has that we were doing the five shows before the season started, and one of them was who's gonna uh, you know be the number two for Jimmy, and not just in role but also in scoring. And Bam is both now. He, and his scoring is up there again. He, we were like maybe he'll put up thirteen, fourteen, and he's he's about at seventeen now. And there there are games where he's their most he, he's been the best player on the floor, and it's not just one or two. It's been double-digit games where Bam has been your best player. So 1,000%, he deserves it. We're, we're really happy for him because we see him in the locker room. He's a good guy. He's humble. And he did say today that he – which I was surprised almost that he said he would be disappointed if he didn't make the team because um, he's just one of these guys that just doesn't really – it doesn't really seem like he cares about those individual accolades that much and he plays like it. But I think the the fact that the – his teammates and coaches and the coaching staff have been gassing him up all year. He talks about it all the time. He calls it a battery in his back because the, 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 um, the coaches, the teammates, they're begging him to shoot. Jimmy has to bet with him to shoot three pointers, uh, $500 a game. And he says, those guys have just believed him in so much. And I think it's funny. I really think he'd be more disappointed for them if he didn't make the all-star team than for himself. That's just the kind of player he is. I mean, it's good to see, man. Like, I think he's gotten to the point now where he's confident and we saw that he thinks of himself as an all-star based on his production. And I think, like, if they were hovering around four or five or six, he wouldn't be saying it. But they've literally been in the second or third seed for weeks now. It would have been and, a tra- this good all season. It would be a travesty if they didn't have two, if they didn't have two all-stars. It really uh, I think be. so, too. And honestly, man, just you, hearing you say that right now, like, let, let, let's – Let's let that simmer for a second. That he'd have two all stars again. <laughs> I mean, do you remember how we're, we're like how the Paul? Was? We're like the like Paul Rudd girl? meme. We're the Paul Rudd meme right now. <laughs> Who would have thought we'd be here? Not me. No, seriously, man. All right, so that's the all star game. Congratulations to Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, to the whole Miami Heat. Um, they they also Tim Reynolds put out a tweet. I don't really know what it means. He said. Uh, Bam Adebayo is on the list for the skills challenge. I don't know if that means he's part of it. I don't know if there's a list of 300 people that... Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Bam was a part. I don't know what that means. Um, and then the whole, one of 400 possible players. <laughs> and then uh, Tim Reynolds also tweeted out the most confusing version of the All Star game rules, um, which were which he then cleared up afterwards. But I was confused uh, on the first go around. But uh, you want to say anything about the new All Star rules? I I think both me and you are the only two people on Twitter who agree that 
it is a great idea if you want to go over the rules real quick. I swear, it, I, I really was not seeing much positive feedback at all. I, I don't know if people are just sour this weekend. Or, or generally, I think some of it has to do with the stuff that came out with what Adam Silver wants to do to the NBA a couple of months ago and how, like, shaky all of that was. They ended up going back on the midseason tournament thing. So I think everybody was just kind of ready to pounce and keep going through that pattern of uh, making fun of Adam Silver for not putting in good rules. But I kind of like this one, man. Like, so everyone's been complaining for years to try to make the game more competitive. So what do they Alex, do? That's that's my thing. Nobody likes the All Star Game. So what are you mad if they switch it up for? Like exactly. So like, so if for the people who don't know, the new rules are for this All Star Game. I don't know if they're going to continue it going forward. The first three quarters are basically three mini games. First quarter you start off zero zero. One team, whoever wins that quarter, a hundred thousand dollars goes to their charity. Second quarter, you go back to 0-0. Zero, zero. That's a whole nother game. Whoever wins that game, their charity gets $100. And then the same thing happens again in the third quarter. And now, so what I think, what I, how I feel is it's going to make, now you could say whatever, who's, who cares? It's just about charity. I just think personal pride, 12-minute quarter, like the guys are just going to play, they're going to play balls out for 12 minutes, right? And then you'll probably put in a whole new lineup for that second quarter. So the little mini games, like, there's going to be no, oh, who cares if they scored 50 in the first quarter? We'll catch up by the end of the game. Because what happens is in the fourth quarter, which is going to be a, tr a tribute to Kobe Bryant, they're going to add up. So right now they've given away $300,000 to charity. The fourth quarter is worth $200,000. They add up the scores from the, from the first three quarters. So let's say West has 100 points and the East has 95 points. They're going to add 24 points for Kobe's number to the highest score, so now whoever gets to 124 first wins. So basically the West, the, the team in the league has to score 24 and the the other team, the East, would have to score 29. So whoever scores 29. If they're down 20, five. If they're down five, right? So whoever scores gets to that score first wins, which I think is going to create hellacious defense in the fourth quarter. It's I mean, it's obvious. Like, I don't, know, I don't know how people don't see, like, yeah, there's a target score. And, 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 like, that's it. That's all you need to know. They put a target score because they want people to get to that score and fight each other for that score. And also, it's going to put it's – it's going to make the game shorter. Like, that's good. <laughs> like, we don't need four-hour All-Star games. Like, it's just – it's not, it's not that big of a deal. And Especially then, when by the fourth quarter. Like, are people really mad that they're trying to prevent, like, the fourth quarter six minutes left and we're just seeing everybody walk up and down the floor because the West is up by 20 and yeah. they're just chucking up threes? And then guys are getting open alley oops. Like we really got to preserve that. I, I think let's. Yeah, what let's, we, what, what works? Like, what what gatekeeping are we doing for the sanctity of the All Star Game rules? Like everyone just needs to calm down a little bit. All right, we're gonna take a break right here. When we get back, we're gonna talk about the games leading up to the All Star break uh, because he he'd have some tests in front of him, and it could change the way we feel about this team going to the break. That's next. All right, before we get back to the show, I want to talk to you guys about our next two watch parties. This has been a great year for watch parties for Five Reasons Sports. We're three and one. All right, the curse is over. So I, please stop tweeting at me about Five Reasons Sports watch party curses because we're three and one this year, actually undefeated in Broward. But our next two are in Miami, so that could become a 500 record really quick. But you guys have been asking us, asking us, asking us, and asking us about. Southwest Miami. When are we coming down to Southwest Miami? 
Well, we're coming to Southwest Miami. February 20th, we're going to be at Sports Girl Kendall. It's going to be the Heat versus, I forget now, uh, the Hawks. The Heat versus the Hawks is a 7.30 tip. We'll be there from 6.30, 7 o'clock. We're going to try to get you guys some appetizers, some drink specials, um, and just come on out and have a good time. It is always a good time, win or lose. Anyone who's been to any of our watch parties will tell you we have a ton of fun, and I get drunk every single time. Listen, if they lose this one, the curse is back on. I don't care that they're still positive. <laughs> if, they be, if they lose to the Hawks on the road, yep, that's, a, yep. that, that's three losses right there and puts us under 500. I mean, my bad. I forgot. They're going up against the All-Star starter. It's, it's fine. It's All-Star starter, Trey Young. All right, but yeah, come out to Sports Girl Kendall. All you people that have been asking us for Southwest Dade, this is your chance. Come on out. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Sports Girl Kendall, it's a great place to be either way. The food's great. So even if they do lose, which they won't, Alex, it's going to be a great time. And then we're going to have another one in March. I'll be announcing the date uh, probably right after this next watch party. And we're going to be back at Duffy's in North Miami Beach, everybody's favorite watch party spot. Um, we always get a great turnout uh, there. That's why they love us. And we always have a good time. And I get drunk over there, too. So just – Come and see me maybe fall into the pool, and that's worth the price of admission. And it's free anyway, so who cares? All right, guys, so don't, don't forget, February 20th, Sports Girl Kendall. Come on out, Five Reasons Watch Party, Heat versus Hawks, 730. All right, now back to the show. We are going to talk about the next few Heat games and what <laughs> – if they is it going to end up being a positive or negative thing going to the All-Star break? And how are we? How are we as fans going to feel about them uh, coming up here? Because right now we can both say that they have outdone expectations, right or wrong. That's one hundred percent right. Absolutely right. They've out. They've gone beyond any expectations. My my uh, prediction was forty six wins. I mean, yeah, I was about. I was somewhere around there too. So we're they're way ahead of that pace. They're, I think I think they're on a 54, 55 win pace right now. Um, so they're looking good, but we're coming up on the next game is against the dreaded Orlando Magic in Orlando, uh, where the the Heat just beat the Magic by twenty almost twenty points the other night. But it's a different story in Orlando. The Heat are historically bad there. That's so, when they turn into all stars. Yeah, that's that's when they, <laughs> that's when all of a sudden the magic are are you know, what's it, don't don't Google me it turns into a a certified killer that night. Then they go on then they go on to play the seventy sixers and then they are and that, at least that's at home and then they go on the road to L A to play the Clippers. So you are looking at a tough tough stretch of games here, where if. We're talking about three losses or one and two. How do you feel uh, going in after that stretch, Alex? I mean, obviously not great. I think, first of all, I got to be honest with my bias. This, the, the Boston game, that was the worst I felt besides that one fiddly game where they got blown out by like 35 or whatever. That Boston game just left me so just – I was sick. I couldn't – I was so annoyed with how Boston – beat them without Tatum. With that, along with some losses to the Magic and maybe another loss to the Sixers, like that would be – I would <laughs> feel pretty, pretty bad. I mean, just look at it. At Magic, which should be an uh, easy game, but we've seen 
what happens to the Heat against bad teams on the road. At home against the Sixers, which is a toss-up because they did beat the Sixers at home, but, I mean, it, it was, took some last-minute heroics and overtime to do it. Then you go on the road to play the Clippers. You could be on a two, you'd be on a three-game losing streak at that point. Then you go to play at the Kings, and we've seen on the road against bad teams, it, it's not a lock. Then so, at the so Trailblazers. have lost to Sacramento so many times. And then at the Trailblazers, then at the Warriors, then at the Jazz, and then All-Star break. I mean, this could be a pretty bad stretch. And the Heat have some things that have trended very poorly lately. You're the one who brought it up. They're 24th in defensive rating since uh, Christmas. I got to see where they're at now, but it was hovering between 18 and 24, you know, in that area. They've been below average is the best way to put it. So the Heat have some things that they need to shore up. The one thing that I can say, and I, I put this out on Twitter, is historically Eric Spolster's teams play better after the All-Star break, which is hard, kind of hard to believe with the way they got st- – they, with the start they've gotten off to this year. For them to even improve after the All-Star break would be something. And with the amount of time that they have off, it could mean maybe a Justice Winslow coming back, which – I think would be huge for this team. Trade deadline's coming up. We don't know what's going to happen. All reports say that the trade deadline is super quiet. And um, I, I, when you look out there who's available, the one guy that I know that the Heat are looking at is Drew Holiday. But I don't know if right now with Zion back, are the Pelicans willing to make that kind of move? I think it, the report was that they're going to wait a few games to see how they look, obviously to see if they can – climb back up in the standings because they're still in the race for eight, but they kind of, you get me like they have a very low margin for error. So what that tells you is that I think they're going to start like really taking calls again on Tuesday or Wednesday. And the trade deadline is next Thursday. If the Pelicans can't climb back up in the standings, cause it's getting tougher and tougher to dig yourself out of a hole. I mean, there's five games. Oh, we got games. a rookie. We, yeah, it's not terrible, but it's like, it's kind of far away. And the West is really tough, man. Um, so we, I think I think both of us are on under the impression that he aren't going to make a move, and if it is, it's going to be something small. You you still think they will? I've been saying like I think the past two or three weeks have made me lean a little bit towards that they will, or at least they're going to try to make. They're going to look to make a trade. See if they, if they find something they like is one thing, but like the fact that their defense has been leaking so much, I think is something like if they were to not be okay with any aspect on the floor, it's their defense leaking. And I think it's like, you can't deny it anymore. Whereas, you know, through December, we could at least say, oh, we've seen them be a really good defensive team throughout this time. Whereas now we've seen a very large sample of them being a mediocre to below average when at least on the perimeter. And like, I think that's something that they're going to look to upgrade it as far as also trying to consolidate guys. Like there, it seems to be multiple functions towards making a trade. Even if it isn't Drew Holiday, if you're talking about, like a Jay Crowder type. Like we saw Jay that report Crowder, last week. Dwayne Dedman. Uh, yeah, Dwayne Dedman, uh, Marcus Morris. We talked about that on Heat Beat. Uh, but honestly, like they were, we saw that report last week that they were in on Trevor Reza, that they were really trying to acquire him. So that tells me that they they know that they need another type of, you know, three and D type of wing or somebody who can, another positive-ish defender you can throw onto the floor. It doesn't need to be a defensive stopper. It just needs to some, be somebody who is playable on both ends and it's slightly better on defense than offense. And I think, like, Marcus Morris is one of my favorite names for that because he can give you a little bit more than 3 and D. Like, he can give you a little bit of scoring off the bench. 
and he's big. So I, you could throw him as a four in between Jimmy and Bam. But guys like that, I think, will make a lot of sense to to throw into the rotation and balance it out a little bit so that you don't have to depend on Derrick Jones Jr. so much. And, and we're seeing Justice not in the lineup. I think they need somebody else in that position. I mean, I agree with you that it, one of two things need to happen for the Heat not to be a second-round exit. Um, Justice Winslow has to come back healthy, which is a huge, huge if, right? Um, we, we've talked about it a million times. The best ability is availability, and he just hasn't been there. And then the last game that he played, there were some stints of old Justice where he's playing, I mean, that lockdown defense that we know and love, but there was also times where he could barely get back up the court. So if he's not 100%, I don't see him being a key cog in the rotation, uh, key cog to helping this team, or they have to make some kind of move. They and that's the tough part, right? Because it's like, if, if you're making a move, maybe Justice is a part of it, maybe he isn't. Like, for example... Like how attractive I, is Justice? Are you selling high on Justice Winslow but right that's now? What I'm saying. No, that's what I'm thinking. It's the opposite. He's not, you're not going to get that much value in return for him because he hasn't played so much. People don't know when he's going to play again. It's, it's ambiguous, his injury, which I think is worse than knowing because if we at least knew what the time frame was, you can kind of project... Uh, how it's going to affect them going forward. But, like, we don't know anything about this, right? So I think other teams are looking at that as a as a red flag. Like, obviously, he would, like, if you were to throw him in a package for uh, for Drew Holiday, it would be including other guys. But still, like, it's going to be harder to trade somebody like Justice now because you know that you need him. You and, then need the, him. and I your, think, like... Your assets are all people that you need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's that, like, maybe Dion and JJ being playable helps them because maybe a team will be more willing to take them on along with something else. Whereas before it was like, we haven't seen him play. We don't know anything about how he, how he is right now. I think Dion is like, has kind of played himself into being a rotation level player at, at the very least. Right. But, I mean, uh, there are teams we've talked about it. Uh, there are teams like the Lakers. Um, the Lakers could use Dion, right? Could, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a, there are teams that could use Dion. Um, I would love to see Dion. Back with LeBron. That would be poetic justice after LeBron shipped him off in Cleveland and now he's back over there to join him. He's like, we need another ball handler. And his name is Dion Waiters. Yeah. We'll Three and Dion. Uh, we'll see. Um, but I think we're both in agreement there. This next stretch of games um, can either kind of not make or break. I don't want I don't want to be over dramatic. But Look, let's say it, man. Make or break. Because you know what, man? I have a take steam you know, stewing in my head that I kind of don't want to let out yet because Ethan's not here and we don't and we just set up a wet blanket segment. But man, I'm starting to get a little bit worried and not because I think this team is frauds or anything. But if they don't get the second seed and they don't get Justice Winslow back and there's no trade, it's gonna be tough, man. I, it's gonna be really I, tough. One of Boston, Toronto, Philly, Indiana, with all the depot now back. Like the defense is leaking a little bit too much for my liking at this moment, man. Listen, we talked about that stretch of games. They're one and a half games out of sixth. All right. They're one and a half games the out heat? of second. Yes. Oh, they're gosh. one and a half games out of second place, and they're also one and a half games out of sixth place. Listen, we're lucky that the all-star timing ended up the way that it is because maybe we wouldn't have seen Ben make the all-star team if the, if the Heat were the sixth seed right before they Listen, had to send in their all-star selections. They voted right on time. All right, guys. That's it for us tonight. Um, remember uh, to catch us on February 20th at Sports Girl Kendall for the watch party. 
Thank you guys. Thank you everyone who came out to the last watch party. That was a whole hell of a lot of fun. Uh, the next heat game is going to be against the Magic, like we talked about on Saturday. Then we have the Super Bowl. And then, so you'll probably get one more episode from us this week. Probably something Super Bowl Sunday morning while you're getting ready, getting, uh, getting your snacks and your spread out. Who, uh, who's your pick for the Super Bowl, Alex? Uh, I'm going to say Chiefs because I don't want Joey Bosa to win. And I want uh, Matt Moore. <laughs> I want Matt Moore and Chad Hedy to get a ring. I honestly do not care. I've never cared less about a Super Bowl in my life. You don't care about Matt Moore and Chad Henney? No, I don't. I mean, wow. I'm not even a Dolphins fan. All right, guys. That's Sorry, three yards per carry. All right, guys. We'll catch you next time. Deuces. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.